You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. In this conversation, I spoke to Andrew Wolf, co founder and co CEO at Bloomfilter, about process mining, which is an AI based technology used to model, analyze, and optimize business processes. Here's how it went. We're, we're process mining for the SDLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that really means is that we sit on top of your existing systems, systems like Jira, GitHub, Figma. Uh, we pull that data out. We correlate the data. We apply our patent pending uh, process mining engine to that. We basically show you where you have issues in your process and how to resolve them. Uh, so, for example, we have what's called a burn flow chart to kind of show you the statuses that your work is pi- uh, it might be piling up in. Mm-hmm. So one of our customers used that to identify that they had a review process in their development where their manager was reviewing all the work at the end of the sprint. But the problem with that is that, you know, when you have a two-week sprint and you review on the Friday before the sprint done, if there's any rejected work, that work carries over to the next sprint. Well, if that happens enough, eventually the team starts committing to work that they can't get done because they don't know how much work is going to carry over. So I think it's really hard to mm-hmm. plan and have commitment. Uh, some of our other features is we help you understand where you have deviation in your process. So, for example, uh, velocity is a measure of number of story points uh, for cards. So uh, story points are how developers say how complex something is. We uh, basically show, hey, you, when your team commits to 40 points on average, this is how many points they actually do to help you kind of understand like how uncertain is this team? Is this team going to hit their commitments or not? Uh, we also give you a historical view into uh, your different sprints and how your team is performing different issues that they've had uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we we pull all that data together and kind of tell you from a financial level, how is this team performing and what are they really investing in? Are they investing in net new innovation? Are they building new features? Are they investing in uh, bugs and support and maintenance? And, you know, it helps drive that conversation of how is this team investing their time? And is that how we want them to do? If you're a startup and you're spending 80% of your time on bugs, well, you're not innovating then. You're not shipping any new features versus, you know, if you have 80-20 where you're shipping new features and you're not shipping as many bugs, that can also point to maybe customers aren't using you as much. And so there's a really interesting conversations that can come from a lot of this data mm-hmm. that people don't really have access today. And they don't really understand their process at a fundamental level, which makes it really hard to drive organizational change for executives. Great. And what are some of the, the common use cases for process mining? And, and if you can go into a little bit, how, how does it differ from other like traditional process analysis techniques? Yeah. So process mining is unique in the sense that it looks at the actual logs and the data coming out of the systems and it correlates mm-hmm. the flow of work. So typically process mining has been applied to the accounting system. So when you think of companies like Salonis and Signavio and all those, they sit on top of the ERP systems, you know, SAP, mm-hmm. uh, NetSuite, those. And they pull the data out of there to basically say, hey, here's how an invoice flows through your system, as an example. Uh, the This is novel because it helps people really understand, you know, how work flows in a, in a happy path, if you will, but also shows you all the other, you know, uh, subway mapping, if you will, of all the things that can happen, how the work gets diverted and how it's costing you money. And we mm-hmm. do the same thing for software development. In terms of use cases for us, you know, people use us. Uh, you know, I told you about the customer that 
uh, used us to find their in-review process. We have a lot of customers that use this to find issues in their process to help them create better flow and better ability to not only hit their commitments, but be able to make commitments at all to the organization. Mm-hmm. The Another common use case is understanding what, you know, what the expectation is versus the actual, right? So if you said, hey, we want to deploy every day, right? But the data shows they deploy every week. Well, now we have a divergence between what is expected from the org, the policies and procedures and set, and what's actually happening. And so we find a lot of our customers, you know, they have all this ideal process in place, but then as they're executing, you know, best intention paved the way to hell, right? Uh, the, mm-hmm. the teams have to operate in the way the business uh, kind of operates. So, you know, for example, one of our customers is a uh, multi-billion dollar company up in Minnesota. They're not a pure software play, right? They, they make mm-hmm. their money in a complete, they're a manufacturing company. And so, as they, but they have to do software development to be competitive. As they're working through their value chain, right, which isn't software development, Oftentimes, the business pulls the software development process closer to their manufacturing process, but that puts it at odds, right? It's two different business processes. And so it's very easy to say, here are the best practices in development, and then not follow them because of the needs of the business. Mm -hmm. But understanding that and understanding how to build a better process around the value chain is something that's really difficult to do without data. And up until recently, and up until Bloomfilter, you know, really impossible. I mean, the way people operate today is they pull this data out of their systems, they put in Excel, they spend anywhere mm-hmm. from five to 10 hours a week, you know, making PowerPoint presentations. And, you know, they just don't hit home most of the time. I mean, most people mm-hmm. don't, don't understand the data. So being able to create those business metrics for people is incredibly important. So that only the development stop being a black box, it helps the business relate to, oh, this is how we're affecting development. No wonder why they can't hit commitments. We're, we're giving them 15 bugs a week in the middle of their sprint, you know, that mm-hmm. they didn't commit to. So all that extra work causes the other work that did commit to not to ship. I see. Okay. And is that the biggest thing that, that companies that are coming to you, they're saying that's the, the biggest challenge they have, you know, managing all these dis- disparate data sets? Uh, that's one of their biggest issues. I think their biggest issue is uh, what we hear time and time again is that it's really hard to communicate three big questions to the business. What are you going to get? When are you going to get it? And how much is it going to cost? And for th- this problem has been going on for, you know, one of our advisors says 30 years, but I think it's endemic since the beginning of software development mm-hmm. because of the uncertainty that comes in, in software development. Um, so we hear that time and time again, some form of function. The other reason people purchase our product is they really want to understand uh, you know, how they can create and systematize their business metrics for development, right? When you look at marketing, you know, they report leads, they report, uh, you know, how much are we spending on ads? How many impressions are we getting? They have all these business metrics they report up that people are well understood that you can put into a financial model and you can work and say, hey, if I give $100 to marketing, I get X amount of revenue and return. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in development today. And so people come to us and say, hey, I want to be able to do the same thing for development that I've been able to do for all the other parts of the business. And they use our system to do that. Okay, great. And for those that are getting started with process mining, what are you seeing are some of the best practices for conducting a successful process mining project? Yeah, I think the first is auditing where you do your work, 
right? So uh, if you're using an ERP system in the case of like a Salon or something, it's really obvious where accounting is being done. But in development, there are many different disparate systems, right? Uh, work is defined and potentially a product board, aha. It's designed in Figma. It's correlated over to uh, Jira in the form of tickets and cards. And then the code is checked into GitHub. The code is deployed via Circle CI, and then it goes into AWS for deployment and hosting, right? And then support could even be another system. You might be doing that in, in a ServiceNow or something similar. And so all this data is understanding, okay, what parts of my process are happening where? Where do I believe that I have the biggest issue? And then focusing in on that system, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you believe that your pull requests aren't being merged fast enough, which is causing downstream delays in code getting deployed. Well, then you're going to want to hook, uh, hook the GitHub to understand how the aging of your uh, pull requests. Uh, but maybe you're worried about the flow of your work. You think you might have a process issue and how uh, in review or in testing or something like that, then you want to hook up your work management system like Jira. So it really mm -hmm. depends on what you believe is the biggest priority. and then pulling in your system and then also understanding how are people using that system right uh, there's an old garbage in garbage out system and we have a lot of intelligence in ours to be able to create you know stuff out of nothing um via data science and other techniques but if you're no one's really using jira right we've we've had run into a few people that they thought they were using jira but the cards were just sitting in you know in to do and at the mm -hmm. end of the sprint people would carry the work over and just put it in done it's like well mm -hmm there was a bunch of things that happened in between. So you have to make sure that you're using the systems in a way that allow you to create the records needed to be able to create the data science. And so partnering with people to say, hey, what, what are people doing today? What are the behaviors? And what kind of behaviors are you expecting out of them and helping them drive that kind of you know change within their organization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all very interesting. Uh, one of the most common things that I'm, I'm seeing uh, surrounding you know, data is uh, now is like, in relation to data privacy or security. So can process mining be used to identify any compliance or regulatory issues? Is that part of the process? Absolutely. If there is process that, uh, oftentimes, you know, I, I used to work in uh, as a developer, uh, you know, you have PCI, you have HIPAA. Oftentimes what we would do is in review before we hit stuff, we would have one of our regulatory compliance people look at, is this PCI compliant? Is this HIPAA compliant? And, and that would be part of our process. Mm -hmm. The thing with process mining is we can actually tell you whether or not you're actually following that process. You know, if you have a PCI compliance that's supposed to review all the major releases of your platform, but it's not happening, that puts you a pretty big regulatory mm -hmm. burden potentially and a huge fine. And so you want to know that. And that's something we can definitely help with. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we have, we try, you know, being a startup, we, we try to stay away from too many regulated industries because it's harder to sell into them. Uh, mm -hmm. But we're definitely, it's a huge use case for us that we're looking to expand when we think about, you know, growing our TAM. That's certainly something we want to help people with is making sure that they have a process and that the process isn't unduly burdened, right? If I, you know, if you want to be a CICD, DevOps, best practices kind of shop and you want to be very modern, shipping mm -hmm. every day, potentially multiple times a day to your customers, then you need to be able to build compliance. And, you know, we hear about deck, uh, deck ops has been a, a huge term over the last few years, even dead thin ops has become yeah. a thing. Um, you know, I, I honestly think compliance needs to follow the same trend where it's kind of sitting on the team and helping people do it. But if you don't know that that's slowing you down, really hard to make that kind of change. And, and also right. pitch something that has traditionally been an external process and bringing it into dev, you know, it can be kind of scary for some organizations to make that kind of investment. Mm -hmm. I see. Great. And uh, for those uh, readers that we have that are looking to 
to delve more into learning about process mining, are there any resources or places that you consider um, looking at first? Yeah, I think uh, if you Google process mining, actually, the first thing that comes up is a mm -hmm. Salonis white paper. Uh, it's a really good overview. We have some stuff on our blog uh, more directed towards process mining in the SDLC, but mm -hmm. we're a relatively new ca or category. We, we say we're a category defining company. And so uh, not, not too many resources on this because we're probably the first platform doing this or the first mm -hmm. platform we know about that's in the process mining space for software. Um, but Salon is a great one that gives a great overview on how to think about process mining as a technique, uh, as a, uh, you know, practice, as, as something that's, you know, taking the world by storm. Um, there's other really great articles as well. Um, yeah, I think Forbes had post one. Uh, there, there's other uh, outlets that have done it. But I would definitely start with Salonis's white paper. I think it's one of the seminal works in the space. Great, great. Um, yeah, so that's all the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you would like to add about uh, what Bloom Filter is doing or, or perhaps what's unique to process mining in the SDLC? Yeah, the unique challenge with process mining in the SDLC, the reason you need a platform to do it, and it, it's harder to do with just Excel, is that, as you mentioned before, there's disparate data sets, right? I mentioned all the systems, but there's even more systems than that to get data from and then correlate together. Requires real data science, real AI, real, you know, substance to be able to do. Now, we know companies that have spent tens of millions of dollars to build, just glue two systems together just to get some insight into maybe Jira and Google Analytics. And, mm -hmm. and it just takes a lot of work. And, you know, there's a reason we have a huge funding round that we just closed at $7 million and why the market's so excited about what we're building, because it's truly a difficult problem. Um, and so finding the right partner to really or, uh, like understand your organization, be able to have a platform that you know you can trust uh, and that you know you, is reliable when you go to it, that it has the right data and it's telling you the right story. It's critical. And we, and we believe mm -hmm. as we define this category, as we get more market penetration, that people will no doubt agree with us that this is something that should have been done years ago. And I think that we're at the we're at the right point at the right time, given the, the proliferation, the almost Cambrian explosion of development tools that have occurred over the last 10 years, that it's just a huge opportunity. We're just excited to be in the space and being able to partner with our customers and be able to effectively give them this transformative technology so they can you know, answer those three big questions that they couldn't do before. A big thanks to Andrew for coming on the show, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes.